From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Governor Tony Evers has extended his safer-at-home order to May 26th because of fears over coronavirus. He also announced that schools will be closed through the academic year. Republicans who control the legislature are opposed to the extension, saying they want the economy to reopen and have threatened to sue the state and further limit the governor's powers. Do you sense a growing frustration here with the governor's order among Republicans, and how do you think this will play out? Generally speaking, Republicans were okay with the stay-at-home order issued originally. That was the last from the end of March toward the end of April. Um, There were some complaints about how it was rolled out, but generally speaking, GOP leadership was, you know, okay with it. This one's had a much different feel because Republicans were already angling for a plan from the Evers administration of how to reopen the economy. Now, Evers faces a couple of challenges here. One... There's going to be a lawsuit thought by Republican lawmakers about whether his health services secretary had the authority to issue this order. Because if you go back and look closely at what happened here, the second order is different from the first in that it's only signed by Andrea Palm, the health services secretary. She has separate powers in her state statutes from what the governor has. They're issuing this order through her powers because they know Republican lawmakers are not about to extend the 60-day window that Evers has for his emergency declaration uh, that was issued way back in March. So how is this going to play out? The other thing, too, is with going to court, you know, how quickly can the state Supreme Court act? I mean, this thing only is in place for another five weeks or so. Will the court be able to get a petition, hear arguments, issue a ruling before the order is over anyway? That's something to watch. Meanwhile, a protest rally along Blue Mound Road in Brookfield over the weekend drew hundreds of people voicing their opposition to Evers' order. And now, several thousand are expected to attend a rally at the state capitol on Friday, demanding that the governor reopen Wisconsin's economy. What do you think this rally will look like? It depends. You know, there are lots of people saying on Facebook they're going to go. You know, we'll see. If you look at what happened in Michigan last week, a lot of the attention was on the messages from the people who were there that in the middle of a pandemic they were crowded next to each other rather than keeping social distancing. You know, and obviously part of this is there is a divide that we are going to watch between rural Wisconsin and urban Wisconsin. Yes, Milwaukee is a hot spot. What about Lilas County? They're not seeing the same, ex- same experience with this, this disease. So what I'm getting at is this, these protests I'm going to guess are people who are from areas that, you know, aren't as hard hit or they have real issues with the order in general. But how is this going to play out? Don't forget, if if the opposition goes too far and is too over the top, then you have a, a pushback that could happen. Do you think law enforcement will be on hand at this rally in Madison to see if protesters are practicing social distancing? I'm sure, of course, you know, there's also a First Amendment right. So, how is that going to play out with what your the order says versus your ability to express yourself? Uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of turnout they have and what the message is and the images from that. But there is going to there are people who are chafing under the order because they think it's time to open the economy, um, and that's again a challenge for Evers. How to get a message of we're going to get there, 
But we have to do these things first before it's safe to do those things. In another development, Governor Evers signed a coronavirus relief bill for Wisconsin that helps the thousands who are unemployed and supplements a $2.3 billion federal relief package. The bill is a result of negotiations between the Democratic governor and Republican legislative leaders. But Evers indicated he didn't get everything he wanted in the bill. What else would he have liked in there, and what's his recourse? Oh, a number of things. I mean, the, the two bills that he released had more than $1 billion in new general purpose revenue spending. Uh, there's no new GPR in the bill that was hashed out by legislative leaders. Governor originally wanted an, uh, a joint resolution extending his powers beyond the initial 60 days. They knew that was not going to happen with Republican lawmakers. They don't want to extend it beyond the 60 days. That's why he went the route with the order he did and having Andrea Paul at Health Services issue the order up with her authority. So there are things like that that he wanted um, this suspension. So there's a vision in the bill that suspends the requirement that if you file for employment, you have to wait a week to start collecting your check. That's suspended through early February. He wanted it uh, repealed entirely. So things like that that are not what he wanted, but he said he's looking forward to finding something that would start to get this process rolling. The question becomes, and what's going to be next? Um, both Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald and Minority Leader Jennifer Schilling mentioned on the floor this last week that they uh, believed that more would be done. When is that going to happen? And Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, as that chamber debated the bill, said that the Republicans wanted to freeze spending the second year of the budget to deal with what's coming with the drop in revenues, which you now know is going to be at least $2 billion, according to the Evers administration. But that Democrats didn't want to do that, and because of that decision, they'll have to come back and deal with, as he said, the economic carnage that's going to result. So when's all that going to happen? Things to watch. And finally, the results of Wisconsin's presidential primary and spring elections were unveiled last week, and it turns out liberal-leaning Dane County Circuit Judge Jill Karofsky handily defeated conservative incumbent Justice Daniel Kelly by a 10-point margin. It was a hard-fought race that some observers believed would be close. Did the margin of victory surprise you, and why do you think she won so handily? Well, it was surprising to people because there were so many uncertainties about how this election was going to turn out with a lot of folks voting by absentee, questions about in-person turnout, college kids weren't on campuses, for example, to go turn them out last minute. But pulling back to where we were post-February 18th primary, people thought Karofsky was the favorite. I mean, she had the prospects of a contested presidential primary on the ballot, contested races for mayor and county executive in Milwaukee, helping to drive turnout. Things like that that we played in her favor while Republicans had Donald Trump on the ballot in name, but didn't really have a primary, so there wasn't really a similar motivation to turn out. So her win was somewhat kind of expected, but then again, the COVID-19 stuff turned the whole political world upside down. How do you commute to, vote, to voters in that environment? How do you turn people out? That kind of stuff. Now, what is surprising, or was surprising, was the margin of victory, that, that 10, 11 points that she had over Daniel Kelly, that got a lot of attention. And now nationally, the discussions about what this means for the November election. Now in Wisconsin, we know from experience that April elections are not great predictors of November turnout or results because there's two different electorates. That said, the Karofsky map that we saw from the results, heavy turnout in Milwaukee and Dane counties were deep, deep blue. Um, 
conservative performance in the Wow counties around suburban Milwaukee, not hitting normal marks, even some bluish hue to the Fox Valley, southwestern Wisconsin going back to being blue. That's the dream map for Democrats. Now, we had 1.55 million people vote in that spring election. We could have 3 million roughly in November, much different electorate. Still, if the people who voted on Tuesday maintain their motivation that they had, they were fired up. The Democrats told me that they feel like their base was fired up in part because of how this election was handled and the, the feeling that they were forced to go vote in person rather than having this done by all mail or being pushed back. If they can maintain those enthusiasms, that means that 1.4 million plus that didn't turn out that we expect in November, Donald Trump's got to win those guys by, more, by double digits. How do you do that? You know, is that, is that possible? That's going to be his challenge. Now, I, people I talked to did not expect to see the same map after November that we saw in April. That said, again, the conversation nationally is about how a Trump-backed candidate didn't do very well and how the liberal candidate did exactly what Democrats want to do this fall. The question is, though, how different will electorate look come November? What issues change things come November? You know, we still talk in COVID-19, late October, the economy, unemployment, those kinds of things. It's still a, a different race, but it gives Dems a little bit of enthusiasm, a little bit of a momentum going into the summer and into the fall. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.